0: Many times when you're starting something new, people will make you feel that, you know, you should be at a certain place or sometimes people will make you feel inadequate about it. But everybody has their own journey. You know, some people have a, a longer journey, but that's okay because the thing is, we all are here to impact people and be on this earth in a different way. This is Women Killing It. Each week, women who are killing it in their careers share their stories and advice for making it in today's working world. Your host is
1: Sally Hubbard. Today, I'm talking to Ashley Williams, the founder and CEO of Razar, the social media platform built by millennials for the millennial creator. Before founding Razar, Ashley was a journalist and she received the 2011 Student Journalist of the Year Award from the National Association of Black Journalists. Ashley, you are killing it. Thanks for being on my show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about this opportunity, and it's such a pleasure to speak with you. Could you tell us a bit about Razar? What is it, and what inspired you to
0: start it? Sure. So Razar is a social media platform built by millennials for millennial creators, as you said. Um, We focus on empowering millennials to have a social space that they can call their own, and also one in which brands can reach them and empower them in meaningful ways.
1: You're a young entrepreneur, and before that, you had jobs in television and journalism. What gave you the courage to go out on your own and start your own business?
0: You know, life is so short, and also just being a young person, doing things when you're young, you can always um, bounce back, find different ways to move forward. But I think just for any person, regardless of your age, your circumstances, or where you are in life, I found that we all need to live our best lives and to make the most of of who we are. And part of doing that is being able to say, you know, even with the risk that may come from this, I'm going to learn something that's going to allow me to kill it at something else later in life or, or become more empowered to do something else, even more meaningful. And so um, seeing how things were changing in the industry as well and how content creation was really evolving. And my background is really focused on multimedia, but particularly with video. And I saw that if I really was not going to take hold of this opportunity at this moment, then I might miss it. And I just would face like huge regret with it.
1: I always recommend to women to go out and start their own thing when they're young because being the captain of your own ship is just so rewarding because you're able to really take who you are and really put it into your business but it definitely gets harder to do when you get older and you have more overhead expenses and children and bills and mortgage and all those things so i always recommend to take those risks when you're younger definitely you've done a lot of really cool things what are some particular career highlights for you or particularly proud moments that you have of your career so far
0: it was interesting when I when I went to college at USC, and um, I've had different experiences coming into the to the university based on um, where I went to high school. They had a television station, and I was able to bring those experiences, and thankfully was able to get an opportunity into network news pretty early with internship. Um, my first internship was with Dateline NBC, and that was one of the big. I mean, at the starting point of everything, one of the big highlights for me because. Um, normally, they only would hire juniors or seniors, and I was a freshman um, that they took on. And those individuals who hired me ended up being mentors to me even now. So I'm very thankful for that. And that was also a really unique moment to me in understanding that when you really want to do something, and if you pursue it with your whole heart and are willing to work hard, you can do anything that you put your mind to. And so I had that same mentality and went after internships with many different news organizations, some of which that were really fun for me were BBC. And also, I did a stint at CNN International when I was abroad um, in Spain. So that, and that was also an opportunity where I had to really showcase to the bureau chief that I really wanted the opportunity, even though I was still working on my Spanish, but I was persistent. One of the things that always has stuck with me that he told me was persistence pays off. And so I continued to use that as I kept going in college and in my career. So my next um, highlight, I would say, in using that and getting other opportunities like at um, Good Morning America or BBC was when I won a journalism award um, my last year in in college. It was for the National Association of Black Journalists, and I was their student journalist of the year. And it was the first time um, in Southern California that a student had won that award. So it was very humbling. It was such a huge honor and so just a great milestone for me that really just changed my perception on hard work and doing the best that you can.
1: It's amazing that you had those experiences with big, you know, network programs at such a young age. Was that intimidating for you being in college and working at um, NBC? I mean, did that scare you at all or did you just go into it without any fear?
0: No, it was definitely um, (laughs) intimidating, Um, especially because you want to make sure that um, I knew that I was a a young one they were hiring, and I wanted to make sure that I met their expectations and that i I did the best that I could. So it, and also just being around so many people who were huge stakeholders in media and who've had you know just huge backgrounds in and even just working with well known producers for these companies was it was very intimidating at times. But then I would tell myself that, you know, just hold your own. And I, a person in my career as well has told me that own, hold your own, own your own and you can do it. Like just go move forward. You have what it takes, move forward. And so, you know, as, as I was, being humbled in different experiences along the way, but still trying to make sure that I stay true to myself and that I wouldn't let those situations intimidate me, but I would just keep moving forward.
1: And that's a lot to take on at that young age and to go, I think if I were to go onto an NBC set right now, I'd be pretty scared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm 41 years old. So um, I have to say there is this confidence or boldness that I'm finding to be more common among millennial women than women in my generation, that Mm. just gives me so much hope for the future. Mm. I just love the kind of belief that you can make your own way, do it on your own terms and um, take on these challenges is something that I think is very special about your generation. And I hope that it's not just the women that I'm talking to. I hope that this is actually a broad trend because that gives me a lot of optimism for where women are headed.
0: Even with, you, with your podcast, I mean, it's clear, you know, what you're doing is such a huge, it has such a huge impact on so many women. and It's, it's something that my generation um, aspires to do, how the impact, how you're sharing these stories and how people who decided, who, who felt that they were ordinary decided to go for something extraordinary, even if it meant feeling intimidated, having to go through so many sacrifices, but still being driven to do that, you know, or feeling like all obstacles were against them, you know, so I feel like you are setting the paradigm really with your podcast. And also, I also felt like even just talking with younger generations of young girls, they like have this type of fire in their belly. And I, I hope that this will inspire you to keep doing what you're doing. And also other millennials listening that we all can push forward in that way.
1: Well, thank you. That's so nice, Ashley. I do want to save the millennial generation some of the obstacles that that my generation has gone through. However, I think you guys have some things figured out that we did not have figured out starting your career. So that makes me very hopeful. So your career has been very abundant and you started your career even before college. You actually began in high school.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. um, My high school had a television station and It was really like accidental in that sense that I found, I mean, I guess I probably would have ran into it eventually or found it anyway, but I was, you know, just trying to find my place in the world being a teenager and feeling, you know, just unsure of things and being a freshman in high school, trying to just look at different things that the high school had to offer. And I was kind of wandering the halls one day after school and I ran into the television station and I was really just amazed by all of the equipment for some reason and just the idea of us having the studio in this place. I was just like, this is so cool. And I was talking to the television advisor and he really liked my personality uh, and was like, you know, we're having auditions for uh, students to host shows that we do because it was a local station and it would play out to all of the people in my city. And he was like, you should apply to do it. And I was like, I don't know. and this cause again, I was intimidated by this whole thing. I mean, I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, you know, okay, well, if he seems to believe that I could do this, maybe I'll just try out. And I tried out, got to do one of their shows. And I was so excited by what was happening and like being able to host shows and seeing um, the impact that it could create. I was like, you know, can I create my own show around like teen issues? And so we called the show Teen Issues Overrated. And we would have teens from the high school and my peers come on the show and talk about different issues that they were going through. And this is all just based on me watching Oprah with my mom after school. Okay. So like, <laughs> I, really... <laughs> I would have the kids come on and we would, then we would have a doctor or a psychologist come on the show and talk about whatever issue they were dealing with. So it was very interesting, but I was so fascinated by how media could have such an impact on young people. And so I decided... Um, after night, being naive and talking to my advisor again, like, hey, this is something I really would like to do. He was like, "Actually, you know that you can. This is like what people do on the news. I was like, oh, right, right. <laughs> so, um, and then I went into and majored in journalism at USC and it went from there.
1: Very cool. Even though you're you're quite young, you've still had this very robust career path already. So mm-hmm. what are some lessons that you've learned through your experiences that you kind of wish you would have known sooner?
0: The first thing that really came to my head when you asked me that question is trust your instincts. I feel like so many times when we have something that we want to pursue or an idea or some hunt or some belief about something, we might talk to someone else about it and they might shut it down and be like, eh, and but the thing is, if, that, if it's your intuition and you're, you're hearing that or you're feeling that way and it's a vision that you might have that you're seeing, you know, go for it. Although other people may not see it, within time, people will eventually understand where you are coming from, um, whether it be in pursuing a certain type of career or, you know, a certain type of vision that you have for your life or, you know, doing some type of side hustle. Whatever it is that you want to do, just do it. Many times when you're starting something new, People will make you feel that, you know, you should be at a certain place or um, be doing a certain type of area and sometimes people will make you feel inadequate about it. But everybody has their own journey. You know, some people, when they start something, it takes off instantly. Some people um, or their career path, they're trying to like be an actor or something and it takes off immediately or, you know, some people have a, a longer journey. But that's okay because the thing is, we all are here to impact people and be on this earth in a different way.
1: I think I still struggle with that bit of advice that I've heard from a lot of successful women on this podcast of being yourself, right? And Mm -hmm. owning who you are. And I, even even in midlife, I still struggle with that at times. So that's a constant impulse for me to think, oh, maybe I shouldn't be the way that I am. And then I have to always put that effort into saying, no, this is who you are. You need to be who you are. And, you know... If they, other people don't like it, then too bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I can, I can agree. I mean, cause it's, even when I was, um, I guess the, the part of me that really started to embrace this even more of this idea was when I was at USA Today with my show, it kind of, um, was kind of quirky, kind of, you know, just like a fun type of setting, but it was kind of my personality amid having to report a story and be serious. You know what I mean? And so my, um, managers were like no like you know we want to see how your personality is on camera showcase that and it kind of allowed me to feel like I could be more of myself even more and that's I feel like what helped me to kind of to really start to own that more so as I kept going.
1: And can you tell us a little bit more about Rizar? So millennials are posting their own stories on your platform or how exactly does it work?
0: Yeah so right now um We have about 5,000 creators who are on our platform, and um, we are reaching a global audience. And so millennials, when uh, we're also crafting it to be a place where millennials can come to share their thoughts on different things that are happening in the world and life issues that they're going through and want to have be um, kind of just a way to vent as as a sense and also a way to empower other people through maybe uh, their triumphs and their struggles or things that they might be be happening with them. So millennials come onto the platform, they can submit podcasts, they can submit videos or regular articles. Um, And we also have a college network where we work with students and helping them to do the same and also a way for them to build their portfolios. It's
1: very cool. I think this is another unique quality of the millennial generation is kind of everyone being a creator. So it's just so interesting to me how the millennial generation, everybody kind of wants their voice to be heard and wants to get their message across in a much more public way. And so your platform allows them to do
0: that. Yeah. And we're really crafting this idea too. It's like not to just share thoughts, but to really make it meaningful as much as possible. So, you know, I might be sharing a thought around a situation that I'm dealing with at work, but then at the same time, the flip side of that, is like, what am I learning through this process or key notions that I'm taking away. And then also as I'm sharing it, maybe someone else just like me is going through a similar thing who can also connect with this idea. So we really want it to be impactful and to make millennials even more so understand of not just sharing thoughts, but sharing thoughts can that can really make an impact in the world in a positive way, if possible.
1: And as you've been forging your career through all these networks and Um, and then now starting your own business, have you felt the effect of your gender and your race, or has it been something that hasn't had a big role in your career?
0: And it's something that I've always tried to not focus on so much, you know, but then I realized as I am, you know, just taking foothold even more so into establishing our company and really getting going on things and um, growing, I'm finding that that is really something that is there being an African American woman starting a tech slash media company, um, and even you know sometimes even conversations with people, it's even evident you know we're meeting with like a brand or a meeting with investors or something around that nature. They're like, "So who started the company? Founded the company? Oh, me? No, 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 no. I mean, who started it? Like, who is me?" And, they, and, they, and it's, so it's it's almost like a funny thing to me because I think well. Um, well, hopefully, that means that the company in of itself is hopefully impactful enough that people are really, I hope, inspired by it in that way, or you know, that it's 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 impressive in some way. But at the same time, it kind of makes me be like, really? So, is it something because being a woman and also being an, Afri- an African American woman like something that I'm not capable of doing, or I'm not supposed to be capable of doing? And that's kind of sad, you know. Or even yes. just seeing the statistics around the number of minority women raising funding is also very sad. So it's it's it is dealing with those realizations that yes, you know, I as much as we're we're pursuing this and moving forward in it, there are those still glass dealings that are there. But at the same time I feel like, okay, well if I can't get in this way or if people are not like in for example with investors or something like around that nature are responding in that way, then what can I do to make sure that I can build upon getting to where I really want us to be. And so it all goes back to the idea of the vision and keeping that vision in mind and finding that roadblocks really are just a detour to another way and not letting those things get in the way.
1: The statistics in terms of you know investor funding for women-led startups are terrible, for yes. women of color-led startups are even more terrible. And it can be very demoralizing The thing that I think of, I just wish I could be the investor, because what I think these guys are missing out on so much is just a tremendous, tremendous business opportunity.
0: I I mean, if you think of it's, I mean, not
1: even about, they could care nothing about inclusion and diversity and equality and just be purely interested in money. And they should be investing in women of color led businesses. I mean, at this point, I, th- I think a lot about, I had a woman on this show um, named Lynn Perkins who founded, is a co-founder of Urban Sitter. And she said part of the problem with raising money, uh, the challenge with raising money was that a lot of the male investors didn't understand the need because they were not the ones mm-hmm. who were booking the childcare. So they didn't see mm-hmm. the market need. But then when they went home and talked to their wives, they got it. And she also did show a lot of traction first before raising the money, which is just really unfortunate that women-led businesses need to show traction and, and, you know, white male businesses don't. That's just a huge obstacle. You need the money usually to get to the traction, right? So that's very frustrating. But I also just thought, so basically, if all of these white male investors have only been funding startups that serve needs that they understand, that means the white male needs are being like completely overfilled and like those markets are totally saturated and markets and businesses that serve women's needs and women of color's needs and people of color's needs are completely unsaturated. There's huge business opportunity there. You know, it's like... It's when the it's when the biases are actually are against their financial interests, you know.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, and the statistics show too. Like, if you have um, a woman who is an executive of a, com- a company, like you're going to be more profitable. Also, even for minority businesses, a lot of African American women have had huge profits in their businesses. So it's almost like. Are you reading the statistics? Are you aware or do you want to be aware or you just want to act like it's not true? And then at the same time, I guess it's kind of, um, at least in in how I interpret it as well for, I'm sure other um, minority founders and CEOs can agree with this, you just find a way to move forward regardless and eventually the success of what you're doing will speak for itself and that way hopefully can also inspire other young Um, or other minority women, regardless of age or circumstances, to be able to say, I can do this too. And women in general, I can do this too. Because all of those things that are against me, I still have a lot more that's for me.
1: I got to learn how I can become a VC.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I do. I honestly, and that's another goal now that I have seen how hard it is for Founders, especially women, and even more so minority women uh, founders, is to eventually become an angel investor or to start my own VC fund after. Hope God willing, Rosar becomes successful and moving forward in that way that I can do that.
1: All right. Well, if I'm not already retired at that point, will you will you hire me, Ashley? (laughs) (laughs) Um. You've got to be really busy. Rosar has a lot of moving parts. I was checking out the website. What do you do to make your life manageable and to not feel overwhelmed by everything on your plate?
0: Um, I have tons. I have to-do lists that I keep right in front of me. And I guess it's, it's easier to do with um, immediate goals or things that need to get done. But I try to keep those immediate things in front of me and those long-term things that need to get done as well as. You know different visions that I have for the company in front of me while I'm working, so I can see that and understand where we're trying to get to. Also, just you know, delegating things with people on the team is really important, and also trying to stay positive. And I listen to a lot of positive things or great podcasts like yours or um, other things that I come across that can really uplift me and keep me focused. Um, and then I really we've had a lot of great. In terms of an advisory group that's really been helpful for us in terms of what we need to be focused on, so that's really been essential.
1: I don't like to pretend that keeping positive will make makes everything all the other obstacles that we face go away, but the, the power of the mind and the attitude is just you know so tremendous. and that's something that I think I was always kind of a little bit skeptical of until recent years when I've realized my own mental frame makes such a difference in what I accomplish. Um, Oh my gosh, it's so
0: true. It's insane how much it does. I mean, I was just talking to one of our clients recently and one of them on the team during his career, he ended up going, starting his own company. And then one of the things that he realized that was really important for him was to have such a positive attitude all the time and how attitude is everything. And I think more and more every day as we're growing and tackling different things, I'm realizing that even amidst having a little you know, sometimes being a little stressed with some things or trying to tackle one thing, if I could just keep having a positive attitude, it will all, you know, everything will be okay. Just keep moving forward. It's going to be okay. (laughs) Have there been any
1: mentors that have influenced you in your career path?
0: Yeah. um, One particularly that comes to my mind um, when I was at USA Today and even actually before. So when I won my journalism award, I um, there was the Huffington Post. A couple of people from there were at the convention And one of the people ended up being a mentor to me, Derek Murphy, and he worked for Huffington Post for a while. And also, um, interestingly enough, when I went to USA Today, he had gone, he was there right under the publisher. And so he's really helped me with understanding more things about business ideas, um, financial models, advertising, um, just all of that, all of that stuff dealing with building a digital platform. And so he's been very helpful for me. And additionally, my mentors from Dateline NBC um, and BBC, um, I still continue to stay in touch with. And there have definitely been other people um, like Joanne Reed from MSNBC. MSNBC, She's been such a great mentor to me as well. So I've continued to stay in touch with many of, many of them, but I feel like those, um, and even I feel bad if I'm missing someone, but there are so many people who have really helped to push me and to inspire me and to keep going. Um, so I'm, I'm so appreciative to them.
1: That's excellent that you that you have that many mentors. I mean, I know sometimes it's a struggle to find a mentor, and then also I know there's a lot of women who want to be mentors, but they're juggling you know full time job, maybe the whole second shift at home with children in the household, and I know it can be a challenge for even for women who want to mentor to find the time to do it. So sometimes I have heard a lot of my guests say that their mentors have been men, not women. Um, mm-hmm. Which also can be a function of there being, especially with my generation, not being mm-hmm. women ab- above us in our careers, <laughs> not mm-hmm. especially in certain male-dominated professions. But it's it's awesome that you were able to get that many mentors.
0: Thank you, and I think that's also inspired me to whenever I have the opportunity, um, like when I in my career um, or even now with Rizar, being able to help young people to keep going or you know with anything that they need because I felt like so many of them helped me in that way and I really just want to make sure I give back.
1: So what's next for Razar Ashley? Where are you going with, with Razar and, and what should we be watching watching out for?
0: Yeah, so we actually are in the process. We a part of ours too is that we have a, a millennials change event series that we do every month, either um, with Apple or with Microsoft in their stores. Looking to do that in January, upcoming. Additionally, which is like a big expo that we're planning to do um, that we would look to do every year. So we would have hundreds of millennials gathered in one area um, for a full day of everything dealing with. Um, just empowering yourself and navigating life. Um, So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, Additionally, we'll be doing some more or in the process of initiating uh, further campaigns around different issues um, felt among the millennial demographic, especially um, like with mental health. We'll have one upcoming in October and continuing to do those with our strategic partners to bring more awareness to the impact that we're trying to create through Rizar as well as uh, ways that um, all of our different um, organizations that we work with can also showcase the way that they're empowering millennials too. So really just working on developing the event series, further doing those campaigns and just continuing to expand our college network so that we can continue to grow.
1: That is amazing. For, for our listeners who want to follow you
0: on the web, where can they find you? Yeah, sure. So my Twitter handle is ashmwealth Um, You can also find my content posts on Rezar um, at Rezar.com slash Ashley M. Williams. You can also um, follow me on LinkedIn. I tend to share a lot of, like, expert, interesting finds about millennials there. So I definitely can connect with them in all those places.
1: Well, Ashley, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. You give me more hope for the future. Sweet. Just love. <laughs> I just love your energy and confidence, and um, I wish you continued success.
0: Well, thank you so much, Sally. I really appreciate this opportunity to be on your show, and I wish you the utmost success with everything continuing. And I'm so inspired by the impact that you're making on so many women. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ashley.
1: If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe to our podcast rate and review us on iTunes, and most importantly, tell a friend about us. Thanks for joining us.